0: The first moment, I was a student, exactly as you said, and uh, I think that sometimes we learn something and we don't understand why. Hi, I am Elisa Chiodo, and you are listening to GUT Talks, Double
1: Hi everyone, Maria here, and welcome to Season 2 of GUT Talks, wg a podcast focusing on business and tech for good, experience design, and gut feelings. I'm Maria, designer, strategist, and venture builder running GUT, WG-U-T-T, a design and innovation hub. I decided to launch GUT Talks as the pandemic hit with an ambition to educate, put some karma on the board, and feature entrepreneurs, industry leaders, and investors who deserve recognition and have inspiring stories to tell. Feel free to email me if you need me, maria at or check the links in the show notes. If you haven't noticed, there are no sponsors for the show, but you can still support God Talks, and it's super easy. Just leave a five-star review and a comment, and follow our social media channels on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, and the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get started. Elisa, thank you so much for being on Got Talks. And this comes after the Got Talks short video series I had before, but now we're going to have a proper longer episode to dive into design education which is a massive topic with everything that's happening between social media, you know, traditional education, not traditional education, all of this. So we're going to dive into that. And you're the right person actually to talk about this because you create and manage programs. So, but before we get into that, who's Elisa?
0: Ciao, Maria. So I am Elisa. I am the program leader of two masters in Domus Academy, the master in visual brand design and the master in business design. Background I am a communication designer. I have studied here in Italy at Polytechnic School and in the past of course also abroad. I have done uh, some experience in Europe in Germany and in North Europe in Sweden and also in uh, US where I finished my studies. After a communication design background we can say have done uh, some expertise uh, in agency as a project manager and after of course in a strategy that's why I start as a communication designer and right now I am a branding strategy and I led also and I'm leading also the master in um, business design.
1: I just want to mention that you have a PhD in uh, yes. design as well,
0: which is <laughs> yes. I, I have uh, also a PhD, so I've done my doctoral study here in Italy in Boston, also in uh, in design. So we can say that in my background there is also research. That's and mm-hmm. uh, we can say didactic method. That's why I'm really happy to talk about that with you, Maria. Cool. So
1: yeah, you took like the long path when it comes to Mm -hmm. design education in particular because you know it's uh, design you have lots of voices where you might have why would someone do a PhD design why would someone not do it and and this changes over time and over the years so maybe what we're saying today won't be relevant after it wasn't very relevant before but you know things uh, change and I've been meeting lots of designers having discussions also with lots of designer students because i you invite me also to teach where uh, you know you run the programs and so with students and professionals and the question is that's a funny question to ask you but <laughs> do you believe that the education system in general is broken
0: so i start with uh, probably my not an assumption but something that i really is related uh, to everybody so that you have an individual experience to everything. <laughs> so this is a starting point. Yep, yep. That's why I also say I am a designer should be almost everything right now and also my students have different background different level in terms of education they come from every part of the world they work in team so there is an incredible possibilities uh, and incredible direction to be a designer right now and it's uh, really related to your expectations station, saying that it's broken or not. I think that is not broken is in transformation. We have an idea of the school that is pretty traditional, but right now the school are changing. Also the didactic method it's a mix, it's blended also with uh, digital uh, technologies, right? And also communication is changing. So it's not broken. It's in transformation, and is really related to your experience and your expectation. I can say that probably design is one, uh, design in general, not all in communication, it's one of the most hybrid discipline. It comes from different disciplines. There is maybe right, right now design, but if I have to think about my professor, they were mostly architect, right? So design comes from uh, architecture, visual studies, sociologists, marketing. So what we have to do. I think we, what we must do as a professor is showing the reality to our students, what is going on, in which context we are, and try to pass our methodology. Then there are some professors that are more traditional in the methods, and this does not means that that is wrong. There are some students that need this kind of education and other professors that are more hands-on, no, like a learning by doing, but maybe we are talking to other students in another level. So I think that, that the good thing is don't be generic, but really relate uh, the uh, students, so the individual experience uh, to the right uh, didactic methodology. This is uh, probably my answer.
1: I wasn't sure about how to start this with you, because that's a very provocative <laughs> question, actually, I asked. And I hear it many times. Yeah, it's all broken and it's not working. And I like the way you, you framed it, because for sure, it's about the expectations. And yep. especially that you also deal with different cultures yep. um, where you teach. At the moment, you really have students from all over the world, like literally, and they do have different expectations and ambitions as well. And they come from different backgrounds too. And it's so true that design is a mixture of so many different things today. You know, one of the students actually there last year was asking me, what is the perfect design process? And this is something we can or end up learning at school or at university in general, but in real life, it's not what's going to happen. It's not the reality. So in design school, we learn, I guess, how to think, how to create our own methodology, how to evaluate and so on. So this is the strength of it. But how do you feel yourself about, you know, having students coming from everywhere and being somehow in charge, having this responsibility of delivering to them what you believe is the best education
0: ever? I tell you what I do. Because I'm not uh, the guru <laughs> of design, but I can uh, tell you my experience. I want to know them. So if I have to guide them, I need to know who they are. And uh, here right now, I have uh, the time, we can say, to follow them. And uh, what I asked them at the beginning is to do a short presentation, even together with the other, to meet each other, to do a little bit of team building as a class. And uh, what I ask is a simple exercise that we call it mean 10, okay? In 10 slides, uh, they have to explain who they are right now. And uh, in the first slide, easy. Something about me. Should be only a picture or a big statement, whatever they want. Then their best project, uh, in not like a portfolio, but what they love in terms of design. Then the worst Project ever that they have done and that they they never put inside a portfolio should be even the most beautiful. Okay. But something that they really hate to do. So I know the hero in terms of design and uh, so should be designer, artist, professor, whatever people that they've fallen in love and they want to work together. And then uh, their social media. Why that? Not because I want to stalker them, (laughs) but because they have to be capable to niche their social identity also, how they present themselves, how they can create strong narration, these kinds of things. That I think is really fundamental. And uh, so why I say Minta? Because they have a different background. They have a different language. English is like for me, is not their mother tongue. They have different expectations and they have different level. So I have some students that have maybe five years into an agency other just a bachelor, and what they need to understand is the didactic path, the didactic experience is different from one to another. The expert maybe should understand how to become a leader because maybe he's an individual designer, he's a freelancer, And if they want to work in an agency or in a complex project, uh, they need to understand how to become a leader in a good way, organizing in a diplomatic way with the other and explaining also the process uh, and have a different point of view. Because sometimes what they do is destroy what they do in terms of the process and try to help them to find something different. Instead, for a junior, I have to teach them the process so it's different also for me as a teacher so what i think that is broken right now is not the didactic <laughs> and process in general is the relationship probably between the professor and the students uh, if you don't have time to follow them, if you have time to guide them, if you have time to pass them, and, and when I think to pass information, is, I'm talking about a discussion, not a monologue, and talking about students that have a critical point of view, huh, in which I, I learn from them. And uh, if you do like this, it's impossible that it's broken because I'm I'm learning too. That is. <laughs> and that's why uh, this is. A, only way in which you can teach something a lot of different people right it's creating a connection with them I think
1: yeah yeah absolutely and I always tell them you know me right I'm, I'm also yep. not into a monologue and anything like that and I tell them listen I don't know everything I just share what I know yep. and let's talk about it right yep. because as you said, they have different backgrounds and experiences. I mean, we're talking about master's levels, but even at bachelor's levels, people have diverse experiences anyway, even though they will probably most probably be younger. So there's always, I mean, design takes stuff from many disciplines, as you were saying before, and from previous experiences and so on. But going back to the broken, and I think this is what made me start with that. It's not that I had a script or anything, but I just trusted my gut, you know, and be like, you know, let me get started in this conversation is because I had lots of discussions. And the last one was last week with people where we were talking about design education with people in large organizations. And actually, I had this conversation for the past three months. And the first thing I would ask is reflect on your academic studies. And what did you learn at university? How did it shape you? What was your process? What did you like about like, you know, basic stuff? Many would say I learned, for example, tools or I learned processes. But many would say I learned more in the company. I didn't learn much. I learned more from YouTube and things like that. But what I realized myself is when I was at university, when I was a student myself doing my bachelor's degrees and so on, I would have courses where I'd be like, why are we doing this? You know, what is the purpose of that? And it's only when I started teaching that I realized and I started connecting the dots. Literally, this makes me sense.
0: Too. Honestly, me too, in the, in the sense uh, that uh, I had probably three moments uh, of this epiphany. <laughs> The first moment, I was a student, exactly as you said. And uh, I think that sometimes we learn something and we don't understand why, okay? And uh, like I have done in high school Latin and Greek, you know? I used to hate (laughs) doing this kind of things. But later on, I understood that this kind of process in my mind was really useful for other projects. So it's a sort of training, okay? And the same happened when I've done polytechnic school, okay? And I was really young, okay? And I didn't have any experience experience. I have an, an experience in the field of design. I came from classical studies. Um, and for me, honestly, when I arrived in an agency and I wasn't not really keen to use software, if I have to be honest, uh, I, I said, they doesn't help me so, a lot. Okay. Uh, I'm learning really a lot right now with clients, uh, with uh, my creative director. It's true because it's a different things that you are learning. And there is a different moment. Then I start master and there's a different attitude because probably uh, what we need is try to find a way of work for real in bachelor during the bachelor during the master so mix you know teaching and, uh, and real professional life but the real moment in which I start to understand design as a discipline was during my doctoral studies because I had the time to stop okay and start reading and start to understand wow I really like this and it's not only communication design it's design in general i think about design as a one discipline with different languages no it's uh, a yeah. and- And now that I'm teaching, I'm trying uh, to pass uh, my my knowledge uh, in the easiest way I can. And uh, when I pass the message, then I go vertical on a specific element. But now that I have to teach something, okay, it's the moment in which uh, I'm critically, you know, think about some things. So I'm changing the perspective and I say, wow. it's really good. But I see also my students. And I think that is really related also to the, why I talk about individuality. OK, because I have really some students that are mature. They come every time to the lecture. They ask me really, really challenge uh, you know, <laughs> questions and topic and other that they're not participating. They're absorbing like in an high school. You know what I mean? and um so i think it's really individual you know maybe because some students they already had some professional experience and uh, finally they need to learn okay and so they know that that is the time in which they can learn something okay and then come back to their experience and if uh, they need it you know it's the best moment and um Last thing I, I think also that is really related to some disciplines more than others. I see a lot in the master when we are talking not about particular fields, but for example, let's think about interaction design, business design, visual brand. Visual brand is a sort of expansion of visual plus strategy. Okay, it's not pure graphic uh, or uh, but is you know is an we can say an improvement into the strategic side. In this kind of master, I find students that already have an ambition. Think about interaction design is difficult that you start choosing a bachelor in interaction. You start maybe in product, you start in graphic, and then you start working And ask yourself, "Mm, I'm really interested in that. I want to do interaction. The same in business, right? Because it's difficult that you start doing business design. Maybe you start doing product, then you want to open your studio or your company and you do business. Okay. So you already have uh, an aspiration. You already know which is the direction that you want to take. That's why I find a lot of students that are really clever and, uh, and smart in terms of attitude. And we can uh, really focalize in some topic.
1: Yeah, what, what you're saying is interesting because we're focusing here on, on master's degrees. But yes, going back to bachelor's. I remember when I was teaching in degrees, I actually found it much more challenging than teaching in master's degrees. It's, it's like zero to a thousand, basically. <laughs> it makes you think way too much because you need to communicate information in a very simple way. Sometimes information, going back to what we were saying, that might not make sense now, which will make sense in five years, maybe, with students who don't know always why they are there. So some are studying, for instance, architecture because their parents have in an architecture yep. firm or some would be studying, you know, graphic design because they just want to make, I don't they know, art. icons. Yeah, or <laughs> art. Yeah, yeah, I mean, different for different reasons. But here kicks in something that I like. I really like constraints in design because, you know, when we first start, we have all these constraints like, the way I visualize it, like is a series, like you have a tunnel where you see the light, but you have so many obstacles and you can't get there or a labyrinth, whatever. And this is so needed going back to the business world when we say business, because at the end of the day, designers design things that they will probably sell or that people will use for a way.
0: So in a way or another, that business that. is connected with design. Yeah. Okay, it's not business, uh, uh, don't see business as the dart fanner, of the design group, but business is what it makes it feasible, right? Yeah, In yeah. the sense that why they have to produce it, for example, why it's important for uh, the new users uh, and why we can make it for real. Yeah. Let's start to think about business design as uh, how we can make it for real. Okay, so with this kind of attitude, not thinking only about number as enemies, okay, <laughs> but as a way to do something, okay? So that's why uh, when you have this kind of attitude and you are a student, uh, you want to know, you have this critical approach because you want to solve it. It's a different attitude that is no more that you are a spectator, okay, of a show, but that you are interacting with the problem, okay? So you understand the brief and you are interacting and try to solve it because you think that is important. That makes the difference.
1: For sure. And one thing as well, now we're talking, you know, from... Let's say our perspective, because you know we're both in Milan now, and you know you teach where I studied, and I teach there too now. So, so it's a kind of a reality we're connected to yourself and myself. Now, if we expand this a little bit and go to the wider, you know, audience and maybe other places, you know, business is not something that is taught in design schools, especially at bachelor's level, but it's starting in different places for sure. I mean, it depends. It's really, very difficult to generalize, but how obviously you're connected to other institutions and consortiums and so on. So what is the vision, let's say at a European level, what is the vision? What is happening in this space when it comes to design education?
0: I can another time uh, bring my experience um, in the sense that I have an experience as a researcher, as uh, I create, I structure brand new courses. And uh, I also study business uh, during the, my bachelor <laughs> master. But in a different way, if you explain me what is a business model without making me understand why I have to use it uh, and I am a graphic designer and I think to become an art director in a studio, probably I won't listen to you. You know what I mean. So what I think that business is really related to the world of startup, or the world of crowdfunding, or the world of new brand uh, projects, uh, or the world of new designer. And I'm thinking about new studio, new company, new project to be launched on the market and how to help them. So why it should be really important for a new, brand new designer that maybe want to open a business, uh, knowing how to do that. And that's uh, in terms of tools. Entrepreneurship is really fundamental. So uh, let's think about a toolkit. Okay, and so I'm going explain you tools that during the process of launching your product on the market are fundamental. These tools are the ones that also help you to do something feasible, but also are tools that uh, can make you talk as a designer, for example, as a product designer, to a marketing manager of a company. So it's a bridge. These tools are the bridge because sometimes there is a discussion between two persons that don't understand each other. Mm. So if you can explain to young students uh, and also you can add into didactic new courses in this way, okay? I'm teaching uh, a toolbox and I'm teaching methods on creating a new connection between two realities. It's, change completely right the conception of business tools i think if you can uh, right now my students for example arrive in domus and i see students from other masters they want to do entrepreneurship why okay they do as an elective workshop and uh, you can ask yourself why because i need it this is the answer
1: and, and this is something actually that I've seen in you know different actually universities it's yeah. something students are requesting more and more yeah. and more a lot and it goes back a bit to the rise of designers on social media also who are if you want teaching and sharing knowledge and on how to sell yourself as a designer how to start your agency and different things to young designers but also to experienced designers yeah. and this is kind of an alternative way of learning that I guess combined can help a lot, but I mean, nothing will be the real experience and like hitting the walls and trying different things. And I wanted to ask you also, because you work with a lot of brands, with large companies, with startups, and you bring them into your program to work closely with the students or to get the students to design for them or to come up with concepts and projects and so on. How is this helping the students learn what is required on the market?
0: This is a double learning process because sometimes also the company, they learn uh, how to uh, relate uh, with students and with user, possible customer also. Yeah. And sometimes uh, the company opens their eyes and they say, whoa, <laughs> uh, this I missed. Just, uh, this, uh, <laughs> yes, it's it's like uh, okay. In my survey, I didn't find this kind of data. <laughs> so that is, uh, uh, and this is really nice moment. But anyway, I think that uh, students need to work with real company because one they feel that their project a real project, so they want to do that. Also, they start uh, to understand how to present uh, what they do to a clients. A client that sometimes does speak your language, so they create a strong presentation, and also I train them to do pitch. So uh, it's difficult. But uh, we do a really short pitch and sometimes presentation, a uh, complex presentation in less than 10 minutes. So they know how to create a strong flow. That is important. And also they see uh, sometimes th- th- there are some really involved companies. They give us a lot of data. Sometimes there are companies that are less involved, like in real life. And sometimes there are companies that they don't know what they want. And that is a good answer to our <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, Troubles. yeah. Sure. <laughs> because uh, sometimes you go to a client that uh, they don't know what they want and uh, th- th- that's the real life okay and so it's your turn to become uh, a designer so to try to understand them try to propose something that is in line with them and sometimes uh, try to destroy their idea in a good way without yeah. saying uh, your things strange or crazy things but uh, showing in a logic way why maybe they have to change something in their system that's why because if you talk with a professor every time uh, there is not a big distance you know is another designer if you talk with a company you need to find the right way to talk with them and this is not easy for a student
1: ad break no, not an ad, but as you may have noticed, this show has no sponsors, but you can still support Gut Talks by leaving five stars or a comment on your podcast player. And like, share, and follow the social media channels of Gut, W G U W T. all links are in the show notes. Now let's get going. No, no, it's not this great learning experience because it's not only for students, but As designers too, sometimes you have clients who think they know what they want, and then you're like, no, not really, don't spend your money on this. But no, 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 it's, you know, so it's a good, great way of, you know, getting ready for Mm. real uh, life scenarios here. I have many questions. I think this can... <laughs> things like you know we can talk about because I I just like this subject because when you know you, you sit on the other end of the table you start relating to things and go, reflect on your own experiences in the past also as a student and so on. What is it that keeps you going
0: as a professor yeah
1: or or (laughs) yes (laughs)
0: Uh, it's a matter of understanding what you like probably you can't be a professor without liking (laughs) (laughs) it Uh, what I like it's that of course the contact with the students what I like it's uh, find time uh, to understanding what is going on sometimes when you are in an agency you have uh, clients for one year and you don't have time to see other things maybe you uh, go vertical but you go vertical on a little problem you don't see you know the entire context and teaching uh, in a university into different master uh, having a relation with a lot of company every month and uh, more than 50 professors every month uh, give me, we can say, I'm living in a completely open platform in terms of uh, exchange in the sense that, come on, I, I have the chance to talk with a lot of people. <laughs> I have the chance to debate sometimes with a lot of people and it's open a lot my eyes. When you have one project, sometimes you don't have a time to open your eyes. Sometimes what I miss is that I don't have time to concentrate in something. And I try to do that sometimes when I do my lecture. You know, I close myself in a sort of bubble for two days and say to the other, let's stop with the other didactic things because I have to do this lecture and I have my time to start to investigate on one topic, okay, and this is really good as a researcher. The good part is that every time I have done a lecture about uh, innovation and where the good ideas come from, from Stephen Johnson, this is one of my uh, book, I love it, and uh, they say that the good ideas come from um, open space, Where people meet, work together. Sometimes sarcastic, but sometimes they talk and they find a solution. And there are um, the the, the building in MIT was done with this purpose in the past. If you remember the famous building in Boston. And right now, also let's think about office. Right now, there there, right now since there are a lot of smart uh, working. uh, they leave only space for meeting, okay? They leave only the space for talk together, meet and maybe solve problem. Then for the other individual tasks, you can say, home, okay? That's why I'm doing, because I can stay with my colleagues I, that, that are designer. I can stay with my students that are designer. I invite professors that are designer and company and uh, uh, when we have to do primary research, for example, we talk with people, they're not designer. And this is the best huh? because they only from between the designers and time uh, size is, is not enough. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> that's why probably it's because every time there is something new and uh, I really get bored doing only some something. And uh, this is part of my um, my mindset in the sense that I started as a student. Then I went in an agency. I get bored to stay and doing a uh, graphic every day in a studio. So I start to become a researcher. I get bored to do your research. So I, I did both. And then uh, now I, I like to do what I do. And sometimes extra project for myself as a designer but really related on topic, uh, like for example, I'm working a lot about responsibility, both in domus and outside, because are topics that I'm really into. So that's why.
1: Okay, that's uh, I think. Uh, c- can you just, in a nutshell, explain what is it that you're doing on this topic? <laughs> it can responsibility.
0: Be <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, responsibility. It's an open topic. Okay, because what means right now be a designer and create object and be responsible okay of behavior attitude or create communication advertising that talk with people about some topic like body shaming or any kind of for example environment or uh, selling some um, objects that are not really the best object on the planet okay so our work is truly connected with responsibility. Okay, it's something a lot of company they're doing course social responsibility, we, yeah. are we are talking about a lot about diversity, we're talking about a lot about Save the Planet, there are other company that they're doing a lot of greenwashing also. <laughs> So, that responsibility sure. is a really an open topic, and uh, what I do also with my students during the workshop is try to envision the future, and sometimes with tools like a card, like scenarios, and we talk about topic future, this topic future, and sometimes we live in this topic present. <laughs> if I have to be honest, if you think about these years, okay. So how? should be a good designer right now okay should be a good question and uh, so we envision object in 20 years okay and we create communication campaign in 20 years and this is a matter of responsibility okay like and not only in terms of product or communication uh, how we can put sustainability in a business plan from the beginning and not in the communication okay how we yeah. can change uh, the business of a company okay this is In any kind of field. That's why I think that responsibility, and I'm working with another professor really into this, uh, that is Stefano Carbini, that is really uh, one of my mentors for uh, this team. And uh, we are deep diving because it's not easy at all, uh, but we are uh, trying to apply to several courses, several theses. and come on, we have a really good result uh, because our students are really into that. Not only because they know that the company are asking for this, um, but because they are opening their eyes and I say, now this is new normality. OK, but people need our work uh, because right now design is also connected with services, right? With people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is the uh, and- core, yeah
0: yeah and maybe we can create uh, or we can prove something that is little but can make the difference that's why talking about responsibility really i think that should be a must be a topic in all the school it's also slowly
1: coming up yep. uh, on the media but also if you look at the investment world and but again there's a lot of greenwashing as well and, and mm. i guess the responsibility here as well that you're trying to create is to make this real and not just mm fluff in in the minds of students who are already aware of it anyway it's a matter of using all their knowledge to be able to apply it once they jump into or go back basically to real life you know this is another topic actually that's been going on my mind because I obviously do different things but part of what I do or have always done is teaching like Sometimes, you know, and so on. How do you stay in touch? Because you're with the students like all the time. How do you stay in touch with them uh, from all over the world? My
0: answer is like everybody do. On Instagram, on LinkedIn, by email. Okay. Most of the time, my students send me message also on WhatsApp. Yeah, my question is
1: just because it's about staying in touch. Is something that has been going through my mind for a while because I met so many students as well. And I'm like, you know, I'm not someone who's very active on Instagram, for example, mm-hmm. or things like that. Because when you see many, you have a relationship with them on a day-to-day basis. It's different. For me, it's like I see them maybe a few times a year or in a week or whatever. You can have a really good time because, as you said, it's it's always an exchange. I don't have either this attitude of coming and teaching, but it's, it's nice, I think, to stay in touch. Going back to what you were saying, it's all like human relationships and so on. One thing also I want to ask you, I mean, this is like a typical question I really (laughs) ask on my podcast, but (laughs) I think, you know what I'm going to be asking, right? It's like, (laughs) actually trust your gut or follow your gut I know you have many years of experience, you know, in terms of teaching. But especially when you're giving, I'm going to call it critique, because when we give feedback, it's it's not about criticizing, but it's critique. Do you trust your gut, or you try to weigh this down to let it come across in a you know very diplomatic way, or whatever, or just you get it out there? How do you do that?
0: Like another time in real life, it's a matter of what they tell me and how they tell me. In a how can I say if they. Create a good debate. If they criticize in a good way, in an active way, we can say, because they want to create something new, they want to even uh, propose me something new, I'm open to any kind of idea of uh, thoughts uh, that is related to my work. If uh, they want to be haters, I'm not open. (laughs) Even if a lot of people say that if you have haters, uh, you are good enough. Right. And, um, but in general, I say that is the the purpose. Okay. If you say um, it's better that you follow this direction and you are giving me an advice, come on. I'm really happy that you are telling me that. And uh, that's why I said to my student the first day, you are the detective of design. Okay. You have to investigate brand, company, and problems. And uh, you have to be critic, open your eyes every time that you see a new advertising, uh, a new project. But when you are critic, you have to find a solution. So if you want to break the rule, you know, you need to know the rule, right? And that's my attitude. So let's break the rule uh, without any kind of problem. Be critic, only me. And if you explain me why, I'm your best friend. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's it. Yeah, I think you touched on something else, actually, that's um, very um, interesting. You said you obviously don't wake up and become a professor in your case. I mean, as well, obviously, you didn't wake up in the morning. You spent four years or whatever doing your PhD, knowing maybe that you wanted to go into academia and teaching. For me, for example, it was something that was, again, you teach like full time. It's what you do for me. Again, you know, repeating, but Mm -hmm. I never thought I would be teaching at all. Like it was some, I had friends who were pursuing a PhD, like in engineering or so. And I would be like, I mean, they just want to teach after. Like, I mean, it's like, I can't get wait to get out of school to go back. Like <laughs> that was my question. And then, you know how I started thinking that I could teach. It was when I was a student at domis Towards the end of the year, I had students from uh, other masters who would ask me to give them feedback on their project. And then afterwards I was like, you know, just doing that work, people were on their breaks. And I had a friend who told me, you know what? You should be teaching. And I had another one who said, yes, I think so too. And okay. I was like, you that's—you don't know what you're talking about. And then yep. after a few months, I saw like an announcement that they were looking for someone to teach. I can't remember what that was in Lebanon for bachelor's degrees. And don't ask me why I applied. Don't ask me why it all happened in a week because, you know they were supposed to take someone I was just lucky just because of my portfolio, I think, and I had a meeting and this is how like sometimes it's things you never ever think about now I like it, I enjoy it, but as I said, the way I do it sometimes like that it's it's very I admire people who do it all the time in that sense because it's a lot of as you said, going back to human relationships, dialogues. And all this, it's, uh, it is is really a calling in that sense.
0: That's why I'm talking about responsibility also for us. Good. Because if you are a teacher and you have a, a rule, okay, like if you are a designer, you have uh, some responsibility. So that's why also uh, I'm asking myself a lot if I'm doing the right things, teaching the right things, if there are other topics to be investigated and why I ask them a lot. But what's happened to you, happened also to my students, uh, that uh, every time when they prepare portfolios, for example, mostly my students of visual, I'm doing revision with them. And then I ask them uh, to show their portfolio to the others, uh, to explain and uh, take all, uh, you know, the suggestions. And there are some of my students that start telling me, I'm thinking that I have to teach something, Okay, because it's the exchange There are some of the students that they they love to give their point of view, but with this particular attitude, that is not a hater. Is uh, I'm helping you, okay, for doing best, and we are here for exchanging. Of course, I use my experience. Okay, maybe I'm more I'm senior in something, so it's not an attitude that I am a guru. Okay, and this is uh, the relationship with a professor. It's a trust relationship, and this is really fundamental. Is what I try to do with the students. Okay, but yes, it's an attitude. Okay, and not all the teachers are good teachers. <laughs> not all oh. the people that love singer are singers. <laughs> How can I say? Yeah. So um, that's it, and uh, that's why I can say. That unfortunately, uh, probably students that, that uh, didn't find uh, um, a good professor or a good student part of people that listen to them, they feel that they haven't really learned something. Others that have the chance to create this um, good discussion, real discussion. And these are the students that love their uh, student path.
1: True. And it's sometimes, you know, you spend a few years and someone says something that stays here that will open so many doors for you because you just discovered something and you just dig deeply at the end of the day. Yeah, it's not uh, about being spoon fed all the time, but it's about opening eyes on something and opportunities and helping you know to explore. Thank you so much, Elisa. That's uh, really cool. I know I'm gonna be posting all of your links right here on social media. This is where someone can find you, right?
0: Well, thank you it's... so much. Yes, for sure. Let's open a new connection. Let's be open. <laughs> Cool. So thank you so much, uh, uh, Maria, for uh, inviting me. And sure, we will have time for other chat. It's a really—you are also a friend, so it's a really good occasion to exchange idea on a topic. Uh, you are a teacher also, so that's why it's really nice. And uh, thank you for uh, stay together at this hour. Thank you.
1: Awesome episode with Elisa Kyodo. We spoke about design education. I won't say at large, but you know, big chunk of it. It's a massive topic, fascinating one. I hope that was valuable. Thank you for listening.
0: You are listening to Gut Talks by Maria Matloub. To support the show, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with
1: anyone who could benefit from listening to these stories and experiences. To continue the conversation, join the Telegram channel. All links are in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next time.